Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. I'm your host today, Joe Kowalski, and we're going to look at some release notes, some smug stuff, uh, the upcoming 6.5, some changes to mobile. But before we do all of that, let's do the deep dive. Adam, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so it's been a few weeks since we, probably even longer than that, since we had kind of a deep dive that's on a feature, so something that our current users particularly will enjoy, but maybe some non-users might find some value and something might be missing in their current, whatever they're using. Business process. Yeah. yeah. Something that may, they may be able to add on their own. Um, and of course, we're talking about service items. Service items. Yep. Yeah. And so when we say service items, sometimes that gets lost in the, the jumble of line items versus products and services versus price list. You know, a lot of different vocabulary, so to speak. Yeah. So let's kind of start with um, what exactly do we mean by service items and the design philosophy around that? Um, so a service item is an item that you service, right? That's where we start. Um, if you are a carpet cleaner, it's perhaps the rug or the carpet in a specific room. Uh, maybe it's a piece of upholstery like a couch. Uh, maybe it's a set of stairs. If you're a window cleaner or pressure washer, maybe it's the south side of a house with X number of windows. You could do each window if you wanted to, although I think that might be a little excessive. Um, the roof might be the service item. The HVAC unit might be the service item. Uh, for maid services, it might be individual rooms, right? Uh, it's the bedroom. It's this size, and then it's got all this kind of stuff in it. So service items are a way for you to identify the thing that you are servicing. So a rug is a good example because we can follow that through um, not only through Service Monster, but something in the real world that rug plants have to do regardless of Service Monster. And so in that world, that's their service item. Um, tracking what you've done to those service items at what intervals uh, is important because that will greatly increase your ability to upsell Mrs. Jones on pieces. So let's say that you go to the house the first time and you record the different areas of the of the house. So the bedroom, the master bedroom, you got a hall, you got a set of stairs, you got a living room, you got a front room. Um, and you know the dimensions of all those, so you key those in. So those are your individual service items, and those are the dimensions of your service item. And so in this case, it's rooms of carpet. And then if you charge by the square foot, service items make it ridiculously easy to make sure that when you add room one, room two, room three, that the total square footage ends up to be correct and the quantity that's represented. If you charge by the area, of course, you're not going to use this type of a calculation, but you'll still use service items to track what you do because you may track a two-step process of hot water extraction. Um, and then maybe you go back later and do some um, scotch guard or some protectant, right? And so keeping those two line items on your order attached to one or more service items that you service will give you a really interesting report the next, the third, the fourth time you go back. You'll be able to let Mrs. Jones know, you know, we don't need to do Scotch card this time in the rooms. We've covered that last year. Um, or, you know, we've never done Scotch card in your home at all. I think it would be a good idea if we hit one room. 
um, just to show you what it looks like. So when we come back next time, you can kind of compare the difference. You'll be able to tell exactly what you did to each area or each rug or each service item. Um, and that gives you a lot of horsepower when you go in the house. We found early on that this increased our client's upsell potential by as much as 30%. Um, and that stat was based off of a handful of people who attempted to use service items um, when we first released them and the feedback that we were getting. And we had to make some tweaks, of course, along the way. And we're always making it because it's a ridiculously... I don't want to say complex. It's not complex to use, but it's hard for people to get their heads wrapped around to begin with. But once they started using it, it was really apparent that this was a massive tool. The second and third time they went back to the house when they had this information for Mrs. Jones, not only was she blown away, but now she's just going to acquiesce to you. Like, well, you have all the data. You know all the stuff. Why don't you just do what I'm you know, paying you, which is not to do an hourly task, but I'm paying you to be my consultant. I'm paying you to be my professional cleaner and you know what you're doing. So just do what needs to be done. Charge me the fair amount. Uh, make sure that it looks and feels and, uh, you know, has the essence of clean and I'm happy. So upsell potential is a big, uh, big selling point. Um, and then also when you go back to the home later or even for reference, like can you imagine if you've had the whole house kind of outlined towards your services and the next time Mrs. Jones calls in, you, you don't need to go to the house at all. Yes, you can copy the old invoice. Uh, you can do that in any program. Obviously in Service Monster, we've got a one-click button to do that. Um, but crafting a new estimate based off previous service items, super slick and easy. And if you're charging again by that square footage or the room or the area, um, you're going to have auto calculating mechanisms for each one of those. So that, that was the idea. <clears throat> it was um, brought to our attention in oh, 2005. Um, not service items per se, but this desire to keep room dimensions and keep a history on each item. And there were a couple of desktop competitors at the time that were doing something really kind of hokey where they would put the room dimensions on the order and it wouldn't trans. You'd have to copy from the order to the next order. It's like, it wasn't innate part of the right. system, right? Where our service items are actually attached to the site. So if you go into the site record, you will be able to then see and manage your service items and get all the history and figure out what you've done. And this is good um, for products or services. So you can keep the service item room dimensions of the carpet. You can keep the service item details related to the rug um, or, you know, maybe a piece of equipment that you left behind. Maybe you sold them a vacuum and you have services on it uh, or an HVAC unit or, you know, whatever the case may be. So super flexible, allows you to attach to line items, uh, do auto calculations, has great historical effect for both upsells and maintenance programs. So we're the only company that does them that I know of because the desktop companies I was talking about, they've, they've come and gone. Um, I don't think any SaaS companies maintain service items that I'm aware of. Um, and uh, there are some of our customers that are like, religious about it like they'll have 150 service items oh yeah on a site and it's like because what i'm just talking about most of the people will be like oh yeah okay four or five maybe per location yeah no it gets crazy especially if you're a full service cleaning company if you do interior exterior made textile like if you do it all 
you want to know everything. You want to know, okay, I can look it up. Look at that. It's a bathroom. It's this big. It's got stone, um, marble, t- tile, you know, travertine, like whatever. Um, and you can really know what's going on. And, of course, you can take images, right? Uh, so you can take pictures of the area to remind yourself later or maybe use these as kind of a before and after. So they get they get pretty extensive. So I would encourage, even if you don't use Service Monster, to think about the items that you're servicing and keeping history on those. Um, other CRMs may not make it as easy. You'll probably have to do it via notes or some attachment somehow. Um, and it won't transfer over and it won't auto-calculate. Um, but it will give you the the core essence, which is the knowledge the next time around. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You've been really quiet, just kind of letting me go. So. You've just been on a roll. I, there a couple of times I was going to kind of interject. I was like, you know, he's going, he's going well here. So kind of following up on that, um, one of the things that I always kind of talk about during the training process is carpet cleaning in particular is super obvious on this, but also in the other service industries as well. You're typically on repeat business or on repeat service trips probably going to be doing high traffic areas more often than some others. Maybe you only clean the, you know, the, the basement once every two years. And that's kind of the first thing that I usually kind of hook them with on that. And just being able to, to pull up a report and just see, yeah, we haven't done your, your basement in two years. It's probably time we get down. There's probably some gnarly stuff growing in the carpet. You yeah. Got to do resealing or, you know, not only clean, but check from mold, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it puts that power in the technician's hands. It really too. does. Not just the technician, but the the company itself. Yep. So Mrs. Jones, and, and we've seen this a million times, when you are armed with that much data, she will acquiesce to you as the expert. She'll be like, oh, has it been that long? Or really, was that just last year? Like our memories aren't trustworthy. And so when you come armed with a litany of knowledge about how You've done great work for them in the past, and you keep detailed records of what you do. Uh, trust is just built, yeah. right? Which is a obviously trust is a major component for repeat. I mean, no matter how many fill my schedule postcards you send out, if you uh, if you're not trustworthy, you're an asset. You're missing four teeth. You smell like smoke, and you know, and you're a jerk to Mrs. Jones, like nothing we can do is going to help your repeat rate. Right. <laughs> so, but even armed with data, but if you are pro and you have data, forget about it. Mrs. Jones is going to be like, all right, here, just tell me what check to write. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I'll talk to my husband about it. Right. <laughs> um, the other thing to add on, um, you, you already touched on the fact that you can do the site dimensions and it's really easy to do so, but I don't think, a lot of our current users realize that it, it's not a, you don't have to have a super simple, you know, it's 12 by 14. Yeah. You can also add or subtract. Maybe you've got like a couch or an entertainment center. Things. You can do full algebra in yeah. there. So, so if you um, – and, and the reason why that came about, I remember the conversation in 2005 when someone called me up and says, Joe, I clean sales. I'm like, what? What do you mean sales? He's like, you know, on boats sales. I'm like, okay. He's like, it's a triangle, <laughs> dude. I got to take the length and the width, multiply it out and then divide it in half. That gives me the size of the triangle that I'm working with and I can judge accordingly. And I'm like, well, we put length times width, but so then we just opened it up so you can type in any equation you want in there. So he could do his pren length times width, pren divided by, you know, the, the, uh, two to get the total number of, um, 
uh, square feet he was cleaning in the sales. So yeah, you can you can do that. You can go in and say, you know, length times width of one side, and then maybe they have like a little kick out right where you measure that plus pren length times width of that little area, and then boom, you've got a solid calculation for the actual square footage. And then you can reduce this down to cleanable square footage too. Like some cleaners will, if they're charging by the square foot and the furniture is not being moved, are they going to charge what they charge? So what do you do? You measure the room, then you measure the bed and you subtract it out. Yep. Boom, done. Right. So um, all of those calculations are supported. Uh, so yeah, it makes it really kind of convenient to track that stuff. And um, this is all can easily be handled on the mobile app. And since when you guys are out there, you're going to be doing this with maybe like a notepad and paper anyways, why not just put it in something that's going to be, you know, a more permanent solution so you don't have to recalculate and reinvent the wheel every single trip. Now, before a couple people's heads explode, because I know they're out there grumbling right now, um, we're taking a pass at service items to kind of clean them up on the mobile front, but we're taking a pass at service items in Service Monster 6 too. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I want to address mobile first. Um, it's not as bad as what I'm hearing from some people who livelihood is service items. Um, if you work at it from the order, it's just fine. And if you go and use service items first, it's fine. I'm going to make it better. Like, calm down. Like, I know mobile too had a pretty great technician view. I don't know if it, how many people know about it or use it. Are you for, even familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah. So that comes at it from a service item first point of view, right? You walk into the room, you grab some dimensions, you grab some pictures, you throw some line items on it. Awesome. You're off to the next room. And this is something that I want to finish up and make really available for the tablet users in the mobile product. So when we say we're working on like a tablet version of Service Monsters mobile product, what that will be is um, a, a feature I call Closer, which is an estimating tool and allows you to go through the home and provide an inspection, right? Not an estimate, an inspection. An estimate comes out of an inspection, but that inspection can have pictures and annotations and you can circle areas and provide suggested services. And then Mrs. Jones should be able to self-sell on those services. So maybe you have the top three that she wanted you to come to, and then your inspection revealed that there's, here's an additional five service. Maybe there's a restretch. Maybe there's a coloring. Um, maybe there's a, you know, indoor window sill uh, repair, like whatever it is. And then she can then decide whether or not she wants those. Um, and then one thing that I would like to do too is include multimedia with that. So it'd be pretty easy, easy for us to identify the service item that goes onto the line item as a suggested service and pull from a global library, a media clip. For instance, Scotchgard, you might throw it on there and suggest it and she'd be like, well, why would I want Scotchgard? Well, right there in the closer app on the tablet while you're rolling hoses or doing whatever, she can click a little media button that will then pitch her from Scotchgard, the 30-second Scotchgard commercial, right? So um, that's why we call it closer. It's kind of a self-closing tool because technicians are either great salespeople or great cleaners. Rarely are they both uh, unless they're the owner, in which case let's get you off the truck as fast as possible and, and replaced. But when you start to hire employees, it's really hard to find that 
duel, right? That either they don't clean the corners or they're aloof to Mrs. Jones. And so um, what we want to do is get the best possible brand, which means the best possible service, and then through Service Monster, let those services sell themselves. So, you know, that, that whole approach there on the mobile front, I know that there are some people who want the more smooth kind of tech inspection view, and it's not there on the mobile Right, we're we're gonna get there, um, but yes, you can fairly easily jump into the order, add some service items, take some pictures, strike some room dimensions, and whip up your order. So I don't want to overstate that I'm pandering to some of the people who are grumpy, um, but I wanted to acknowledge that that exists. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll dive in here in just a second. Like you said, on the desktop front, before we get too far removed from the previous discussion i kind of wanted to oftentimes when we do when oftentimes when we discuss this it's you know talking about carpet cleaners or pressure washers but some other cool industries that utilize this i think sometimes even to a further extent so if you guys are listening if you're a fleet washer you know if you're an auto detailer and you want to track you know on-site cleaning or, or, or detailing the vehicle is the service item yep and so just kind of I guess taking all of that into one kind of little package that you really explained to me and it just kind of clicked for me is a service item is just that it's the, the, the item and it's hard to kind of picture when you're talking about an area, right? But yeah. it's the actual room of carpet. But if you pull it back and like you said, the rug, the car, the whatever, all the line items are just all the services being tied against it. So if you just pull everything else back, Think of it kind of splitting it out into those two kind of processes. So what are we doing? We're cleaning, we're dying, we're repairing, you know, all of that. So just kind of everything that you took and kind of one little closing statement, I guess. That's what kind of made it click for me the most when I first started here. Right. So then on that front, talking about the desktop, and you and me and Ethan have had some um, – Ethan and I have had some discussions on this. You and Ethan have had some discussions yeah. on this and kind of wanting to make some changes there that all was born from this rug. Yeah, um, I'm super excited by this. Yeah. Um, I was on the rug room, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? I don't know. Last week was a blur with my kid in the hospital, but um, everything's fine. But, yeah, he had to have surgery, and it was a thing, but we're over it now. Um. So the rug people have been after me for a long while um, because I have some, you know, friends and high up on the rug echelon, um, people that I've known for decades. Um, And I want to help them out. I've wanted to help them out, but the ROI really wasn't quite there to build something specific for them um, because the size of the quality rug plants across the United States isn't huge. Um, but it's big enough where it has my attention. And the problem I've been mulling over for a little while, and now we've got some additional really smart people in the game. Um, and we have come up with a way to give in-plant rug cleaners a badass process flow, allowing them to track, pick it up, tag it you can use your mobile devices in the shop delivery queue it up baths tumblers drying racks tracking the whole each at each stage so you know where all the rugs are what's going on 
and actually Ethan and I sorted out some of the areas where you guys ran into dead ends um, uh, over the weekend. So I know he's he's working towards that. So it's going to be basically a Kanban board. So think our opportunity management, which you've already provided a hack for them to right. try to use it. It was the right tool. It was the wrong implementation. I still think people are having success with it. But this one's purposefully built to manage, wait for it, service items. Yeah. And so now what you're going to get is you can define a process at your leisure that service items can go through and you can track each step of the process and using mobile to continually sync it up and track via tags, printed tags, or, you know, maybe even you're engraving metal tags. Like, I don't know. Um, it'll all work. Uh, I think we're using QR codes to yep. start with right now. So, you know, you print out these little square tags and clip them to the rug and then follow the whole thing through just beeping it the whole way. So super excited by this, that that we're going to be able to offer this. And it elevates service items for everybody because, you know, if you have um, a process, you know, let's say you're installing an HVAC unit in a, in a home. Um, might be a multi-day process. You might have, you know, delivery, uh, primary installation, um, check QA refinement, uh, a complete systems test, right? And then hand over to the client. Like those might be individual steps within the process of installing an HVAC unit. And so you'll be able to create that process. Additionally, line items themselves will be able to be marked as complete and what date you complete them. We already have a completion date for the line item. We're going to extend that just a bit farther. So that way, if you have multiple rugs on a single order, we can say, are, are these processes done? Are all the processes done for all the rugs before we call the whole invoice done and, and we ship and bill? Um, so I think that would be a very tight way to do that. I And I also want to tie in the triggering of a line item being completed or not as it moves from one process point to the next. Of course, as you, the client, set that up or the user set that up, you'd have control of it. So if you say, I want to complete the the wash, rinse, bath portion when I move it into the drying rack step and automatically just close those line items out for that service item when I move it over, um, we're going to have to work out some details. But I think it's going to be a really powerful tool. That way, everything can be done via mobile. And by the time you're done and all the rugs are done and the office people are like, oh, I have a pre-completed order to ship yep yeah and it's just ready to go um so we're going to be doing a first pass at that here in the next few months like i don't want to rush it i don't think it's going to be part of the 6.5 release which is our simplification release so don't look for it for that release um but in the next few months we should be getting you the first version of this service item driven kanban which the use cases we're targeting specifically have to do with rugs in plant rug cleaning. So if you've been waiting on that, there you go. I know there's been plenty of people who are like, I need to use a CRM, but my accounting software is good enough for in plant rug cleaning. I need something to help me with process and a CRM. Well, it seems like a lot of these rug cleaners too, they had to like self-build the software specifically for the rug plants because nothing out there really fit exactly what they needed. Yeah. So hopefully our first pass will get pretty close and then you guys will help nudge us into that kind of really perfect groove. So it'll it'll feel really good and do what you need it to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I think, 
kind of talking the value of the service side, I think we've hit on every point. There are lots to look forward to on both the mobile and the desktop fronts. So. And tons of power as it sits right now. Exactly. Right. So we like to talk up what's coming because, you know, what we have is boring to us. Well, I think we're always but focused that's the on value. the future. Yeah. yeah. Totally. There's tons of value in service items as they sit. So if you're not using them, check them out. It is another layer of data collection. Um, and when you're doing it for the first year, it's like drudgery, right? Because I have these room dimensions, room dimensions. But then that first phone call that hits that where you've got all everything all mapped up, you're like, oh, oh, that was nice. <laughs> well, and if you took that deep dive and really kind of hammered out your, your room dimensions and whatnot, you yeah. don't have to do that every trip because now it's in there. Yeah. Like, and so Mrs. Jones, you know, again, if you have that level of data and knowledge, then, uh, you know, she's going to be much more likely to trust you. So you should be doing these inspections. You know, you just don't walk into a room and slap on a, you know, one of those little tear out booklets things. Yeah, about this much square foot here. I'm going to charge you 250. Like one line item says 250. It's on one of those rip out tear. You get paid, you leave. Very transactional, very low system for high repeat business. Uh, very unaware of what the hell you're doing to make your money. Very unaware of your margins, your cogs, your cost of goods sold, your appointment scheduling capacity like you don't get any of that when you're transactional like that um you're building a business for one you're building self-employment so you want to get the most out of it you got to track you got to get data and this is just another layer that you could go to make your business and brand that much more professional absolutely yeah. so with that should we take another pass in the service monster update <laughs> Yeah. So I know last week was crazy for you kind of dealing with uh, other things like you mentioned. So we did have a small release, um, 6.4.4.2. Um, it's just some bug fixes, a couple of things um, on the opportunities that weren't like the link itself was needed some work there. Um, and also updated on the API as far as some things on the mobile front so you can actually – kind of filter down mobile phones a little bit easier if you're doing any sort of push on that front. But really just kind of some small bugs. You can see on our blog what those were. We also have a mobile release that's coming out. Um, Brian told me he's hoping by the end of this week, but otherwise next week, kind of certain he wants to talk to you about a couple of things there. But I, I sat with him today, this morning. Good. Yeah, I, I would be um, just to set expectations. It's a, it's a decent rework of sites Sites. across the whole platform Um, because we didn't run the use cases for kind of side cases. We ran like perfect happy case and it needs some love when you need to switch sites around and it gets really kind of squirrely and not helpful. Um, So Brian has solved a lot of those issues, Uh, quick ad modification, you know, what does it do when you tap the site on an account versus what does it do when you type the site for a job? And are we site selectors? Are we editing sites? And what does that look like? So that's going to be in there. Um, And it looks great. Well, we got to get in our hands. We got to play around with it. So it's maybe optimistic as far as a production release, Um, but I would be ecstatic if we made that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anyone who's dealing with like property management or like heavy commercial accounts is definitely going to be excited for this release. Yeah. 
Um, wanted to mention the cleaning podcast again. You yeah. have you had a kind of a your first announcement last week when it was posted, right? So right before start? it was posted, yeah. yeah. So um, you can find it now on all your podcast platforms. The cleaning podcast. Um, it's amazing. It has the same number of subscribers as the Service Monster podcast. And we have 23 episodes of the Service Monster podcast, something like that. And one episode of the Cleaning Podcast. Um, I've got several DMs or um, messages on the YouTube or whatever that uh, um, they're happy. Lots of value. Holy cats. That was really, you know, great first showing. Um, so if you haven't looked at that already, go find that. Um, we're doing a lot more educational content revolving around the science and process of cleaning. And I have a um, dedicated cast of about eight or nine IICRC style master educators or even beyond that, like, you know, Mr. Pepperton isn't doing IICRC education anymore. He's taking it to a whole other level. Um, so, you know, between Sean and Bruce Delouche and Jim Pemberton and uh, Doug Hufferman and, you know, Paul Lucas, <laughs> like major royalty. So they're helping me because I don't know Jack crap. Like I, I sh given the fact that we've been doing the 16 years, I probably should know a lot more about cleaning than I do. But of course I reserve the, I know something for like when I know it, right? like when it's really low level. So um, yeah, diving into all that science and and figuring out what works and what doesn't, hoping to sharpen toolbox for all kinds of cleaners, whether they're maid services or home cleaning services or exterior, interior textiles or carpets or rugs or whatever, like the whole gamut. If it needs to be cleaned, we're going to talk about it. Um, safety, you know, um, education. I'm hoping that it leads some to the path of getting in the classroom. That's my ultimate goal with that show. Um, so yeah, go check it out. The Cleaning Podcast available on all of your podcasting platforms. It's also at the uh, cleaningpodcast.com. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. So Skyler, he discovered that the .com was available. So we snatched it up. And uh, within like three or four hours, Michael had a site up and running, ready to go. Yeah, that was a whirlwind day. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, the last thing to mention is, again, we're just, we've been so, kind of slowly hyping up that we are going to do a, a larger webinar yeah. on the, on made services. Yes. No date has been set yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, we want to get 6.5 out and we want it to be uh, clean and stable because I think the theming, the simplification, those two things are really important. Um, again, you know, it's Service Monster 6.4 is a ridiculously powerful tool but I think it intimidates a lot of people when they first come in for the trial. And so we're taking that intimidation factor out of it, a cleaner, nicer, gentler service monster. None of the horsepower is gone. We just got better at making it pretty and easier to understand. So uh, look out for that 6.5 release. Once that comes out, then Michael and I will set a date. And we just got to come out with the marketing and so forth. But I don't want to lose our marketing runway to um, – you know, a couple bug releases that we needed or, you know, smoothing things out a little bit, you know? Right. So uh, I'm going to wait for 6.5 to actually be released. Okay. Um, from there, we can hop into Smug. There were a lot of just random kind of 
feature requests and a few support questions that probably should have gone to support rather than yeah than smug. good opportunity let me do let me make sure smug hey you guys smug is not for support like if you have an actual support question email or uh or call or do the chat thing S- putting it on smug well you know i'm not going to say don't do it but don't expect to be supported Right. So it may take us hours before we get to it. Like support's not looking at smug. That's not what I want them to be doing. I've got Brenda logging issues. This is deep as we go. Smug is for community collaboration. Your chance to talk to other smug users and figure out how they're doing certain things. Um, It's to get my attention when things haven't the traditional channels haven't produced what you wanted to, to produce it's for feature suggestions and yes bug reporting um but again it's not for individualized or sport you're going to get okay awesome thanks for letting us know we've got it tracked if you need it to be i want to help you solve this issue for your business you need to call an email um and the and the main reason i'm saying that is because you can't count on me to monitor that for support. Like I, it's, I, it's not what I do. <laughs> um, I have an amazing support team. Amy runs an incredible support staff and they can help you. And I would encourage you to utilize our services when you need that individualized support. Smug is the social service monster user group that allows you to interact with, with us, the team, um, ask questions, maybe get your feature bumped. Right. Um, and uh, if a bug that's been sitting around for a while just really bugs you, I'll be like, do you guys even freaking know about this one? Uh, because bugs specifically should never last more than three sprints. Right. So once a bug is reported, it goes into a generalized bucket and that then it's assigned to either the sprint we're working on, the one after that, or the one after that. And they don't get any farther than that. So given that sprints are two to four weeks, you never should go three months with any kind of a bug in the system. And of course, the more relevant it is to business continuity, the quicker it's going to be fixed. But if it's like some obscure typo on a tertiary screen in a marketing campaign, that's a bug. It doesn't affect anything. Like, okay, we get it spelled wrong fat fingered or I typed it, which is more likely if you get a typo and service monster is going to be mine. Um, but it doesn't affect you. So that's going to sit three months. Right. But if it's like, I can't schedule a job, that fix will be out within a couple hours. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, just FYI. So if you've been sitting on a bug and it feels like it's been longer than three months, report it. Cause we might not know about it directly. We have some tools that are tracking bugs in the background, uh, whether they're on the client or the server and they get put into, a log that we can go fishing for if we need to kind of troubleshoot something. Um, And we are doing regular perusing of those logs to see if there's anything we really don't know about. Um, We could get better at doing that, but I'm just not giving the engineers enough breathing room to make that a luxury at this point. Right. right? Um, Just because we've got so many cool things coming down the pipe and I want, I want them tightened up. So 6.5 is one, the service item Kanban board is another Um, handful of features, uh, equipment tracking, right. Um, Which is going to be cool because then you can do depreciation for your cost of goods sold and you can get loadouts to figure out what's going to be. And maybe we'll do that, you know, 
It's really kind of cool how that really kind of segued perfectly in once he figured out some of the QR codes and whatnot for the equipment tracking, it just went right into the the, Kanban. That's right. Yeah. It was really simple. So yeah, Ethan's handling those, those two projects, which is fun. So again, I get a earful on the way home a lot too, (laughs) especially his, his um, pleas for us to redesign the order screen. Uh, That's the one screen I think even post 6.5, we're still going to have to look at and do some work on. Yep. It's again, it's too smart. It's hiding things. It's polymorphic. It's, it's not uh, easy for the newcomer at first. Yep. So. Well, that was good. I'm glad I mentioned that because definitely I know, I know Brenda had wanted us to kind of mention like, Hey, if they need support, like it comes to us like fast. If you need support, don't use smoke. It's not the service monster support group. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first thing I have in here is from Sam. Um, He was asking where in six can I view the call list? And Ah. I wanted to kind of shine a light on the panel view for the activities. So first and foremost, anyone who doesn't know, you can set up a marketing campaign to create a call list or a list of activities that you need to, you or whoever you assign to follow up on. Um, in five, it was specifically just called a call list. Whereas in six, we have this panel view on your activities. And, and Ethan's the one who, who built that. It's modeled a lot after five. I think there are still a couple things we're getting some requests on that they want to add. Um, I think it's way better than five in its handling. There's some weird stuff, especially around follow-up and closing calls in, in five that six solves. Yep. Um, but yeah, there might be some missing flow, right? When I sat down and I built those screens, it was very intentional for calls and managing calls. Um, these screens, it was kind of our first attempt. And we know that there's a handful of people using it, but we don't get a lot of feedback on it. So instead of a grid of activities that you have been assigned to you, it's you know, basically more like kind of an outlook style view where you have a list of your activities on the left with filter and pre-filter options. So you can see what's done, what's due, what's due soon, um, you know, uh, which ones have accounts assigned to them and so forth. And then you can very quickly bounce between them, do what you need to do, make the phone call with one click, send out the email, like record the note, do all that stuff just right there from that one screen. Yep. Um, and then it makes it really easy just to fly through activities. So if you don't know that, what you do is you go to the activity list and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little button that'll change the view from the grid view to the panel view. And when you click on that, you'll get a, it's not very apparent until you set it right. And then you can set that view as your homepage for the section. Um, although I don't know if you can set it as the home, as the, home page for the activities. I'd have to check on that too. Yeah. But I do know that you can also snap to it from the on deck section. So if you, oh. if you look at pending activities, it will take you to the, Oh yes. Yeah, the, the panel view. view. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's just the best way to do it. Cause then you're like, what do I got to do today? Oh, like there's five things in there. Click bang. Yep. And then just pound them out. Yeah. So those are all kinds of activities, obviously follow-ups and notes and direct mail reminders or, actual marketing campaigns that generated calls for you, uh, maybe to remind you to hit up a certain list of clients you did work for a certain period of time ago or prospects that you haven't touched base with in, you know, like a week or two or something. Right. You've hit them up with a couple of emails. Now it's, let's hit them time on the for phone. the phone call. Yep. That's right. Perfect. Um, the next one came from Alan, one of our 
super users. Super users, yeah. Um, and he actually had a couple of things he was kind of greasing the wheel on. But the first bit where he was talking about um, getting his technicians into the new app, and they yeah. were a little bit anxious about it. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to – I feel like this has kind of been missed a little bit. That yeah, you're probably right. You can log in as a technician on the new app. You can, and it will look exactly like technician. So there's only two screens really that are different. It's the job and the order screen. And in my opinion, they're much improved. Oh, they're superior. The, the technician. Than the technician. Yeah, they're almost exactly alike. But The flow is the same. Yep. Exactly. So it's really super simple to use. It's puts It puts what they need to do right in their hands and nothing more. So they can't schedule jobs and they can't go perusing count lists and whatnot. But if they have a job, there it is. Pop. They can do signature, payments, emailing, texting, confirmations on my way. You know, the whole nine, taking pictures, closing out the order, completion of the order. Um, and then, of course, directions and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, feel free. Let them, let them roam. Make sure that those technicians user role in the user section of Service Monster, though, is set to technician. What does super tech do? So the super tech will take them to kind of a modified version of the, the admin where they have just more access. They can view each other, each person's route. Right. But maybe not the settings section. Is that right? It's kind of like a hybrid view of the admin and, and, and the tech gotcha. just allows them to see the different routes. And then obviously any other role will act like an admin role. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah, the dashboards that you see if you're a tech will be different than the ones you see if you're admin. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, keeping keeping that kind of stuff on the down low. Uh, we didn't do a great job just communicating that that was available and out. We just did it, and people went, yep, okay, it worked, and we moved on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you only need one app now. It's a Service Monster app. Um, I think we should hide technician now. I think we've gotten to the point where we can hide it. Well, that's one of the main reasons to, like, we really need to broadcast this is the fact that, you know, the old app's not going to be updated. Yeah. So the new one will. Well, I just think we should just take it down completely. Yeah. And we had a couple people be like, oh, you know, I need Mobile 3. And they had to get a direct download because of um, maybe the sluggish performance while we were working on that. But that's, I haven't heard anything. Snappy, solid, love the product. Like people who were disappointed in 3 are raving, saying that we leapfrogged all the competition. Like it is a really solid and well thought out and well designed app, um, and that's really a testament to Brian, yourself, Matt. Um, you know, we sat around at those tables and and really just continue to hash out those use cases. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the last one I got here is from Audrey. Funny enough. Um, oh wait, wait. Yeah, <laughs> Alan's wife. Um, but before we jump into her question, sure. Um, I want to touch on laborer for a second because oh, that yeah. will be available in the 6.5 release yep. which allows you especially home cleaning services to designate a role that does not show totals or pricing does not allow them to collect payment um i think we're going to allow for signature so they can say yeah the work was done or you know work authorization or whatever um but nothing related to finances or cash or commissions or like none of that stuff so that's the laborer role, um, and and that's been a big deal for home services, home cleaning companies for a while because they really don't want the their staff seeing, you know, quote unquote, how much they're making on that job because they don't understand overhead, they don't understand cost of goods sold. Like you're just making rich. It's like you get half everything you do, and I'm doing all the work. Like they want to avoid those conversations. 
when you have technicians, not only do you pay them a little bit more, but you know, they're involved in the sales process. They're involved in the upsell. They're involved in doing the technical aspect. So the more technical the work, the less we are concerned about whether or not they see the price for the job. But moving to a laborer role, it makes it really important uh, to the owner that they're controlling what data they see. And so that gives them the ability to turn off totals and sums and dollar amounts and all that stuff. Yep. Okay. Now back to Audrey. All right. So... Audrey had an issue with when she was sending her, her, her test email. And I'm not really mm. showing this because that is a support issue. Sure. Um, the main reason I wanted to draw attention to was the fact a lot of our users, I don't think, realize that Ethan and I went and like talked about getting the sending the test emails and previews and a lot of these things on the actual template pages themselves. Because one of the hardest things sometimes when you're creating a campaign is creating the content. We're not yeah. all, you know, super artistic necessarily. And so wanted to have it super easy, didn't have to leave the page, is what I'm doing currently working. So I mostly just wanted to use her question, which was, you know, sending a test email from that page. She was having issues receiving it. Um, mostly wanted to draw attention to that fact. If you guys don't know, you can, it's easier than ever to create content and make sure that it's going to look okay. And then also know that some email um, providers, and I have no idea why, they have a delay. And so if you're sending emails, sometimes you won't get them for a couple of hours. And, and this was what happened to Audrey, right? Yes. They they came in like some three or four hours later. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's probably just some sort of a spam type direct. And again, we've been at nauseam about this, so we can point you in the right direction if you don't know where to find the podcast or the blog post or the ask or like whatever we talked about. Um, use your own SMTP services. Do not use Service Monster's default SMTP services. If you do not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, uh, write us a little note and say, hey, can you link the SMTP stuff so I know what the hell you're talking about? Um, but we've talked about that so many times. Yep. Use your own services. You'll get better deliverability rates and so forth. Now, I don't know if Audrey was using her own or not. I'm pretty sure they do have their own. Probably, but. yeah. I, I would be surprised if they didn't. But um, So I'm not, you know, bagging on the falls at all. Uh, but if you haven't heard that message yet, or if you haven't, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember they were talking about that. I need to do that. Do it. Do it, especially before next spring when stuff really turns up. So yeah. take this slower season as an opportunity to tighten down those kind of processes. All right. That's what I got today, Joe. Very good. Thank you, Adam. Please listen to us on all your podcast platforms. Don't forget about the cleaning podcast as well. Uh, And you can see uh, the Service Monster Show on your YouTube channels and your Instagrams and your Facebooks as well. So like, share, and subscribe, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Be safe.